0: Good morning. I'm listening to that song, and I got so overwhelmed with emotion, I was having a hard time breathing. So, you got to give me a second. And then I went down to reach out my glasses. And (laughs) so, I'm grateful for you for having, I don't know where Danielle went. Thank you for having a spare. So, I'm just going to put these here. You know, it's, uh, it's a cool mic. It's nice and big, I feel like a, an astronaut. I don't know how I'll, I end up with all these pens. It's, uh, it's like, Steve Kripp out of mission control. The eagle has landed on the platform. I'm just kidding. All right, all seriousness. Dearest Father in heaven, <clears throat> thank you so much for bringing us here together today uh, to, to worship you, to praise you, to bring glory to your name to stand in reverence for you, Lord, and to just be so grateful for everything you've done for us throughout this week, for bringing us here today together as family as sons and daughters of God to, to do our best to give back and to, to give back. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that works great. You know, there's, um, there's notepads on your table. And what I'd like for you to do over the next couple of minutes is, and I'm going to be using these for something, so whatever you write down, I'm probably going to read it or somebody else might read it, so just so you know. Find somebody that you are either praying, maybe you're praying for yourself, you have something in your own heart, or you have somebody in your mind, or that person that just popped just now. Somebody to pray for, something to pray for, or maybe it's you. But put that on there. We're going to use that in just a little bit here. You know, it's interesting that this is, you're not going to see it on the slide, and I did it on purpose because I wanted you to to be present with with what's happening today. There we go. And you know, this is about your God given purpose. You know, why are we here? Have you ever asked yourself the question? You know, why am I here? What's going on? You know, what am I doing here at church? You know, a big question we're tackling right now is what is our identity in Christ inside this church for these young boys and girls from like uh, 10 years old all the way up to 20 something. We have some really deep, powerful conversations in that, in, that, in that room back there about, you know, who are we and what are we doing here? And, you know, it's caused me to really take a look at myself. Like, what am I doing here? How, what is my role in God's plan for me? And how do I find that out? You know, I feel like I'm doing my best. However, if you heard I said I twice in that sentence, <laughs> I feel like I am doing my best. And, <clears throat> you know, could, one of the things that's very interesting is, you know, where there's this movement that's been happening probably for about 15 years ago, maybe even longer, is the purpose. You know, I need to find my purpose. You know, and I think that it's really interesting that <clears throat> I think we could probably agree that life is very, it can be challenging without a purpose. You know, we wake up in the morning. If you have kids, you get them ready for school. Hurry up. Let's get moving. Hurry up, get in the shower. Get out of the shower. Get dressed. Get, eat breakfast. You didn't eat your breakfast. Hey, how come your breakfast is in the trash can? What's going on here? Right? Having these conversations in the morning, and then you go to work. Work all day long. I don't know about you guys. I really, I mean, if you were to say love or passion about work, very passionate about what I do. It goes like that, and sometimes I don't even know what I did during that day. I actually actually I actually have to document what I do so I can keep up with what I'm doing. And then we come home, hurry up, get changed, take a shower, eat, maybe get some time with your family, hour, twenty minutes. Go to bed and you wake up doing the next thing the next day. Sometimes four or six times a week. And then we're like, oh, hmm, sun went down on Friday night, Sabbath is here. Thank you, Jesus, for this rest. Amen. And then we put our phone away for a couple minutes. It, is that just me? <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm done with you today. I'm just going to go to the bathroom really quick. Oh, my goodness, great. And we jump right back in, right? We're not even allowing ourselves to rest. And, you know, this is not a judgment thing. If you notice, I'm talking about myself here. And we do this, right? Where we're boom, 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 boom all day long. And, and all of a sudden, it's September 10th. I don't know about you guys. I remember March of 2020, and all of a sudden, we're here. It's like, what happened? I got a little more salt than pepper. <laughs> Only some of us laughed at that one. <laughs> but there's not a whole lot going on there, right? Well, I'm a mom, or I'm a dad, or an aunt and uncle. Like, that, that gives me purpose. Well, what does that mean? to give you purpose. Well, let's look at what's not living God's purpose might look like here. A lot of times we, we fall into, and I'm going to say a trap, but I use trap loosely because we can get out. It's not really a trap. We just fall into a, people will maybe say a rut, <clears throat> where we work really hard to leave a legacy. And I'm working on that now, working on legacies, right? Nothing right or wrong about it. It's just what we're doing. But a legacy is not something you leave for someone. It's not a park bench with a name on it. It's not a hospital wing. While those things are absolutely incredible, it means you made an impact in the world. That's not what I mean. A legacy is something you leave in someone. It's your morals and ethics and values, how you show up in the world, and how you are the model of what you want to leave here. Amen. I would hope to God that you know, I've done kind of a decent job, you know, my... Boys are still hanging out. We're still friends. <laughs> oh, Andrew said no. Andrew and Tyler said yes, so I'll take it. 50%. That's almost an A. <laughs> wasn't when I went to high school. <laughs> but we conform, right? And we start building up this stuff. And <clears throat> hear me okay? Cool. So what does the world tell us about purpose? It tells us to build an empire. Yeah. Right? Let's build this stuff. I need it. $40 million company. I can leave that to my kids and my kids' kids and so on and so on. That's pretty cool, actually. It's kind of really awesome, actually. But what does it really mean? It's not there's anything wrong with that at all. In fact, I encourage you to. Because imagine if you had a, well, we were in class this morning. You wanted a million dollars. And I said, man, if I had a million dollars in a bank, I could write a $100,000 check right now to this church. What? That's crazy. Think about that. And that's just the minimum. We're looking at building a building. We're looking at creating an impact in the the community even more than we already are. So I encourage you to do that. However, the question really comes down to is, what are you doing it for? What's the heart behind it? Because it's easy to get engulfed in the things that are in the world. So let's take a look in the Bible. and What does God tell us about it? You know, a couple of sermons ago, I did a sermon on Ecclesiastes. And man, I really had a good time with this. Because it told me how meaningless everything was that I was going after. <laughs> Every, the first words in Ecclesiastes 1 is the, everything is meaningless. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Toil is meaningless. Wisdom is meaningless. Pleasures, wisdom. Folly. Let me keep going here. Hold on. We're almost done. Time. Trying to gain extra time. Oppression. Toil. Friendliness. Advancement. Riches. Oh, I can keep going. It goes and goes and goes. But in chapter five it says, Stand in awe of God. Amen. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth, do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, and so let your words be few as a dream comes. When there are many cares, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. And I take that to heart because I'm going to tell you what, sometimes I couldn't, I, I, it was a time of my life I couldn't wait for you to stop talking so I can tell you what I thought about what you were talking about. <laughs> Thanks for, I don't know who laughed, but I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, and, and, and what's interesting is that most of us, we were looking, it's like, well, I, I want to feel fulfilled, which I get that. I totally get that. Fulfillment feels amazing. It's a fullness of your heart. You know, what we talked about earlier, getting up, going to work, coming home, and so forth and so forth, not a whole lot of fulfillment there. In fact, it feels kind of empty. Like, you're not really doing anything. Even if it's purposeful that you're doing, it just feels something missing happening there. It's like, well, all right, Steve, I got what you're saying, but what about talents? I've got some good talents. What about administrative, right, craftsmanship? It's good stuff. Helper, pastor, musically inclined. Coach, encourager, teacher, and on and on and on. I believe God gave every single person here a talent. Amen. All of us. And we've got to look for it. But again, we're looking at this as, as a label of what we do. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a little bit of an introvert. Like being up here, oh, man, I'm going to tell you what. If it wasn't for y'all's friendly faces and smiling back, and at least I get a nod every once in a while, I'd probably just be a shivering mess. I remember the first time I did, uh, Mary, I think, invited me. And if you you know my mother-in-law, Mary, she is so full of love. And when she asks you to do something, man, you know where it's coming from. So how can I tell my mother-in-law no? (laughs) She's like, would you do children's story? I'm like, oh, man, all right, I'll do that. And the first time I did it, it was back at our old church. So that's how long ago it was. And I remember standing there and I'm looking at the kids and they're looking at me. I'm going, (laughs) and I got my papers and I'm reading the paper and I'm shaking. And then all of a sudden, drip on my paper. I went, I'm sweating that bad. Now, I don't know if you know this, but when you feel the sweat come, it's almost like it calls all its friends. (laughs) So I remember going like this and sweat shot off my hand. And I went, and I finished the children's story as quick as I possibly could. I ran to the back and I'm soaking wet and I'm going, I can't go back <laughs> into church like this. It looked like I walked outside in the rain. And eventually, um, I, I ended up, you know, doing it more and more and more. I got used to it and it was, it was a lot of fun. And I was like, this is my purpose, man. Talking to these kids is something. <sighs> this is it. And then, I got asked to do primary Sabbath school. And I'm like, are you kidding me? No. God goes, yes. Ah, all right. I'll do that too. I'll do that. And I was nervous because have you met these kids? (laughs) They're the smartest kids I've ever seen. They walk around me. They're like theologians walking around our church. So I'm having this conversation. I'm going, teach me. Like, I I didn't know what to do. So I started doing this massive preparing. And all of a sudden, I started getting used to it. Started having these really cool conversations. And I'm like, all right, this is my purpose. Yeah, this feels great. Can't wait to get to church on Sabbath morning. And then I got asked to do high school. And I'm like, absolutely not. These kids are graduating. No way, man. You can open, I I can be like, what's page 913 saying? They'd be like, Steve, it's this. And they would preach. And I'm going, how can I speak life into these kids? And if you hear what I'm saying, do you hear like where all this focus is? Anybody, are you hearing the theme in this? Where's the focus? It's all me. I'm so worried about what people are going to say about me, think about me. I can't even get my mind straight enough to have a conversation with these young men and women. And then finally I started pulling back a little bit. I'm just going to show up. I'll pray, see what God has in my, in, 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 to put in my heart, and I'm going to talk that. We'll see what shows up there. And I was like, this is awesome. Then we had a blast. And then I was asked to preach. I'm like, you mean up here? Like you've spoken before. I've been speaking for a few years in front of different crowds. I'm like, yeah, but it's not this crowd. These guys are going to pick apart my sermon. i be like, you misspoke. You're supposed to say the instead of these, Steve. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But those are the things that were going through my mind because I was so concerned and worried about things that were outside in the world. You see, what's really kind of interesting, the moment I stopped, talking and listening to myself, and I start listening to God, and he's like, Steve, I've already given you everything you need. Stop looking for it and just be with me. And I'm like, it's kind of scary, though. He's like, yep. Only when you think about yourself. I'm like, man, all right, that's cool. But all these things that I'm talking about here, if you really think about it, these are all titles. Mom, Dad, Aunt, Uncle, Nurse, Doctor, Car Sales. Their titles. Are they my, were, Was all that stuff my purpose? I can confidently say no. But hold on. In Romans eight twenty eight, says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. I'm like, man, all right, here we go. We're talking about this purpose again. So my question for you as you're, and, I, and on the tables today, I'm going to give you about 60 seconds or so to kind of write this down, and I may continue talking, so I'll fill in some time. But on your sheets, grab another sheet of paper and write down what do you feel your purpose is. This is a bold thing to do for yourself. I had to, I, I, this is a consistent thing, is what is my purpose? What's my purpose? What do I think is, is, is God, what did he speak into me? What am I ignoring? What am I afraid of? Be cautious, really cautious to not look for the right purpose. And you, there's no right or wrong purpose. There's a purpose that God gives you. So just take a few moments. Take a look at it. I don't have any distractions on me today, Cyrus. I don't have my watch on. I don't have my phone. This is amazing. All I have is you guys. So how great is this? So how can I discover God's purpose for my life? You know, as you guys really, as you're writing this stuff down, you know, he's, God is eager to share your purpose with you. He's eager to tell you. He wants you to know what the purpose is. He doesn't want you to struggle. He doesn't want you worried or concerned about what you're supposed to do. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to get to know who he is. I'm a process guy. I like processes. It's like, what do I do first? Well, I had to look it up. I'm like, there's got to be something around here. And how does it fit in with what I typically do f- a- a- on a daily basis? Well, the first thing is, is to be sure that you know God. And you're like, well, that seems really obvious. Of course it's obvious. It's super obvious. God wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want to just come into his house and be like, what's up? And then go along our business. He wants to be like, oh, hey, what's up, God, man? Thank you so much for this week. Thank you for blessing me so much. It was super challenging. But you know what? I made it again. I made it again because of you. You were the one that lifted me up when I fell. But if it does sound obvious, our identity in Christ is through the personal relationship with him. God... This, I, I, when I, when I, I'm going to, I'm going to say something out loud. I said it to Danielle in the car and she looked at me. She's like, hmm, are you going to say it out loud in church? I'm like, I sure am. Is that God had each person in his mind in eternity past. And I thought, it was so big for me. It, I almost couldn't even fathom how huge that is because we go back to Genesis, like that's the beginning of time. <laughs> Not really. It's the beginning of our time. Well, how long has God been around? Right? Who said forever? Like how do you like how do you fathom that? And he knew way back in his time who you were. He knew what your purpose was. He knew what you were going to do, be doing at 11.52 a.m. on September 10th. He knew exactly what was going to be happening. And here we are questioning who we are. He had it all planned out for us. Now, the choices that we make, that kind of jigs and jaws, it would be awesome to just go right there. That's not really how we do it. though. We choose, all the, we choose some kind of challenging path sometimes. Right? We're not relying on him. We're relying on ourselves. So if we look in Ephesians 1, 11, Oh, all right. 11 through 12. Cool. I only had 11 on my paper. In him, we are also choosing heaven, been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. There's that again, man. His will. In order that we, who were first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. All right. So now we're getting somewhere. He, where are we here? In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ. So if we're putting our hope in Christ, do we have to be worried about what's not happening? That's a real question. If you guys want to participate, that'd be awesome. I like being up here and having people feed me back. So if we were living the purpose, if we really believe that, if we're really sad in that, he, we who, put, who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be the, for the praise of his glory, do you think that has anything to do with the will that he's placing on our heart? If we had to take a step back for a moment and really leaned on him, would we ever really worry? No. Do we? Yep. Me too. I just, not, I'm, just I'm not judging, I'm not the judge. <laughs> but once we start getting to know God, right, then we get to start praying for direction. See, if I walked up to Danielle on our very first day and I was like, hey, what's up? I'm Steve. And she's like, oh, I'm Danielle. It's nice to meet you. And I'm like, nice to meet you too. So I'm curious, you know, where do you think we'll be in 10 years? She'd be like, um, I'm going to be with somebody different because you're a psycho. <laughs> we just met. But here we are, sometimes we, 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 we go through life and, you know, I'm preaching to myself, by the way, if you guys want to come along with how I talk to me, that's awesome, is that when we're going through life, we, we're kind of like moving through, but we're not really, we, we, want to, we want God to help us, but he's like, hey, I have an awesome idea. How about we start creating a deeper, powerful relationship and you start, we start having a conversation because I'm not a wish list. Focusing on ourselves might not be a good place to start, especially if you want to know God's purpose. You know, it's, it's interesting <clears throat> that sometimes it's, we speak words like, this is what I want to do because this is what I'm good at doing. And that's what most of us do. There's nothing right or wrong about that. In fact, you should do what you're good at you're doing because God gave you a talent. That's something he placed on you. You should do that. But we're going to get to something here by the time we get to the end of this conversation. And I'm hoping shed some light and maybe bring something neat into our lives See, when we inadvertently ask self serving questions, you might know because it's super quiet on the response. And maybe that's the response we need to hear. It's far wiser to begin with God and ask Him for His will and direction. You know, we look in James 1 5 if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Man, that's really direct. (laughs) <laughs> who gives generously generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It's like, oh, yeah, all right, that's, that's for me. All right, because I'm super fault-filled. So he's not going to find fault with me. I'm going to ask him. He's going to give me the wisdom. I just need to ask generously, and he's going to give back to me in a huge way. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for that, because if I left it up on my own devices, <laughs> I sure wouldn't be standing here. James 4.2, you deserve to not have, so you kill. This is where, if you look around society today, and and this is not even part of my purposeful thing. This is what God placed me to put in this. Because if you look around society today, it's very me, me, me. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you don't ask God. So praying for direction we are looking, Where are we here? Sweet, we're looking in Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on not on your own understanding. there's a prayer that I, I, I hear and I, I do my best to listen to it every single morning, and it says, the peace the, the peace that passes beyond all your understanding. Like there's such a, there's a, there's a level of, I don't know, have you ever felt peaceful before? I have. i felt peaceful before, but that's the peace that I understand. So if that's peaceful and that's quiet and calm and chill for me, like what's beyond my understanding of what that is? I have no idea. I'm searching for it. I'm searching for it. When I'm not searching for it with my own understanding though, I'm asking, this has been a crazy week. I could use some peace. And he's like, welcome to Sabbath. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So earlier I said, don't we make things like this? In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Because imagine everything that we came up to, up against, it doesn't matter. It's like, so um, yeah, don't be mad at me. <laughs> Andrew has homecoming tonight. And I was like, oh my goodness, he's 14 years old. He's growing up to be a young man. Oh. <sighs> not ready for teenage years, man. I'm not ready for the dating scene. I'm re- He's in high school. Tyler's coming up into the high school. Like, everything's starting to move really quick. And when I start putting that in my own head, I'm going, how am I ever going to make it through this? <laughs> Forgetting that they're 12 and 14 years old, how are they going to make it through it? Submit all our ways to him. Amen. So what does surrender look like in your life? I'm just going to leave that question with you as we keep moving forward. So reading the word of God, the most common way God leads today is through his word. In, Ma- uh, in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of God. So are we, are we in the relationship we have with Christ? You know, I've, I've met some really powerful theologians uh, over the last 10 or 15 years. And, when I, and I mean that not in, in, the, in the scholar sense, the di- diploma sense. I'm talking about people that are really really know the scripture, like to the point where I'm like, wow, how long did it take you to do that? I'm not sure if I have enough time in my life to know everything you know about what's, hap- what's happening in this Bible. And I could say, well, what, all right, so what, is, what does John 2.15 say? And they'd be like, John 2.15 2, says this. I'm like, man, that's amazing. But do we really know the scripture? Do we dive into the scripture and really look at what it really truly means? Do you see the grace and the love and the hope that's in these pages? The hope that we have a better place than being in here. So off topic. Being obedient to his known will Will is a starting point. Being obedient to his known will is a starting point. But it's understanding that God leads in ways to align the scripture, not contrary to it. The word is not open to speculation and it will never, ever, ever leave you in the dark. Though God has not chosen to share everything with us at one time, we can discover much of what he wants us to do and, he tells us, and what he wants us to and tells us to avoid. So here's the thing we were talking about this morning in class. I said, imagine for a moment God said, all right, you really want to know the plan that I have for your life? Here, boom, he tells you the whole thing. And you, what are you automatically going to do? Probably the same thing I would do. I'm like, I am nowhere near equipped for that. Are you, you I don't want to say it. I think you're a little crazy. Why would you tell me this? He's like, because you asked me. You asked me to lay out your plan. Here's your plan. When you're this age, you're going to do this. Steve, when you're 49 years old, you're going to be standing on the platform preaching the word. And I'd be like, <laughs> nah. Not at 40 years old. Not even a few years ago you had told me that. I'd probably tell you you're, nope. It's not going to work that way. However, when you, look, when you think about it, Georgian story, Georgian story, primary, high school, here, in my secular job, talking on videos, moving into live videos, moving into live space, standing on stage. If you don't think God's preparing you for something, take a look back at the last however many years you need to look back you don't think he has a purpose for you, take a look at what he's preparing you for. Take a step back for just for a moment. Pull back the curtains of what you think is possible and allow the possibility of what God brings into your life because that possibility is so much, you might not be able to handle it all and that's why he doesn't tell us the entire plan from front to back. He allows you what the next step is going to be. The next step might be stepping out of here and seeing somebody somewhere with a flat tire and you go, maybe they need help. It's ministering. Hmm? Saving a goat. So, <laughs> we're on our way back from uh, Universal Studios last weekend, and we're driving uh, through the middle of the state. And if you've ever driven through the middle of the state, it's cows and goats and all this livestock. And we're driving, and I went, oh man. It was like 5 o'clock. We were like two hours behind going home. And I'm like, Daniel, there's a goat stuck in the gate back there in the fence. And she's like, and I, and, I, and I already knew what we were going to do. I was trying, I was like, maybe she'll say keep driving. Oh, <laughs> listen to her. She's, she, you're totally in charge right now. And she's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, oh, we got to turn around, man. So we turn around and there's this goat and he's like, ah, and, like and I'm like, <laughs> so we, like, I wish we could have got the video of really wrenching that, that poor, we, I don't know, that person, when they see their fence, <laughs> they're going to be really upset. But we got the goat out. But we don't know what that mission is, right? How do, we, how do we know that that two and a half, literally two and a half minutes, how do we know that two and a half minutes didn't stop us from a horrific accident? How do we know? We don't know. But we've got to think that everything's lined up exactly the, perfectly the way it is all the time because God doesn't make mistakes. We don't live in a world of chaos. Amen. It says it, I mean, we, we, are, we are brought from beginning all the way to not even has been yet. But isn't it all coming? Anybody else seeing Revelation kind of in the world right now? Please don't make me the only one here. <laughs> I'm not scared, though. Because he already said, this is what's happening, man. And when it's done, ooh, the glory is going to be something you'll never, ever, ever, ever understand until it's actually here. Amen. <sighs> be a minister. Oh, man. We're, remember when I told you guys to go out and minister? Oh, like you, need to go into the, you need to go down to the mall with your Bible and you'd walk up and be like, hey, have you heard of Jesus? And they were like, what? I'm like, I'm just kidding with you guys, man. Sometimes being a minister is just being the person that God wants you to be. It's living the life that he wants you to live. It's consulting with him as we're walking through life. It's when somebody pours salt on your wounds just for a moment there, are we gonna pour salt back? Or are we just gonna be the one that God wants us to be and turn the other cheek? Are we gonna make them wrong, or are we gonna stand in God's righteousness? I don't know what the purpose is is coming up for you. Be a minister. (laughs) And then this is the big one. This is one that I have had a challenge with for a long time, surrender and obey. To truly surrender, you must trust God. And in trusting him, we start seeing things slightly differently. In 1 Corinthians, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of all the ages have come. Anybody ever read a story in the Bible and go, man, that's written just for me. How could they have known 2,000 years ago? (laughs) It's incredible. I mean, I'm assuming that you'd at least read one. And when we start paying attention to the, to, when we start looking at the, the, the Bible and, and, and see it for what it truly is, is a big, gigantic um, uh, a manual for life. Amen. People are like, I wish I had a manual for life. I'm like, yeah, we got a whole bunch of different versions of it. If you want one, I've got one. I can give it to you. You can have mine. Just don't worry about all the writing in it. But in trusting him, we see things differently. God wants us to keep his children on track, expecting that he will lead. Believers are to step into his control, trusting completely and determined to obey and live for him. Commitment to discipleship creates godly character no matter the events of life. In Psalms 37, 23, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Ah, score. I love God, man. He has been there my entire life. I just didn't recognize him. He was the stranger that came into my life just for a couple minutes. He was the one that walked by and smiled at me when I was having a hard day. He was the the text in the middle of the afternoon that's random. Random. What a ridiculous word. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He, God, delights in every detail of your life. God looks for humbled, surrendered, and obedient followers. Be active and not passive about his guidance. Because he's probably screaming at you. And then this is my second most least favorite, wait. <laughs> I'm the most patiently impatient person you'll ever meet in your life. I'm like, I'm patient. Hurry up. God may lead by giving a believer a sense of inner peace about decision. came across this quote. Uh, it's his, he's a theologian, His name is John Piper. Peace and calm are not the only factors in determining one, what, what one ought to do. And I thought, ah, how powerful is that? Because, you know, we want to be calm and confident about what we're doing, but is that what really, does God want you to be comfortable? <laughs> Probably not. That's not where growth sits. If you're doing nothing and sitting on your couch all day eating potato chips, watching Netflix reruns over and over and over again, eh, you might not have a heart, uh, uh, you might not have a a little bit of anxiety about that, but when you're stepping up and doing things in life, when you're taking a stand for what God wants you to do, ooh, it's unnerving. You're stepping out into places you've never been before, and when you do it on your own, there may be some challenges that pop up. If a believer senses a check in his or her spirit, it may be wise to wait and act of trust until God brings greater clarity and peace while moving ahead in areas of obedience. Going back to step three, read the word of God. Because could it be that you prayed a prayer and you asked for help and he responded to you and you just simply decided not to listen? It's a possibility, right? Or maybe the purpose was so big that you were like, I must have heard that wrong. I'm not capable of doing that. That's a possibility too, right? Remember, we're talking about God's purpose for us, not our purpose for what we want. So, could he be giving you the very next step only? That your purpose is so big, like I mentioned before, that if he revealed it all, you might freak out a little bit. Because sometimes, this is where the patience comes in and you know, sometimes Danielle overhears my prayers and she's like, would you stop doing this? This is really, this is something else. So I'm like, God, I, I needed to help me with patience. And she's like, why would you ask him such a question? Because you know what's going to happen. He's going to give me opportunities to be patient, right? And it's like, <laughs> sometimes he's like, hey, man, just want to let you know you should be patient right here. And I'm like, what was that? That was weird. And then he's like, come on, Stephen. You need to be patient there. And I'm like, that was weird too. That one hurt a little bit more though. And then all of a sudden, he's had me on the ground. He's grounding, pounding me like they do in the Ultimate Fighting Championships. He's like, I told you to be patient. Come on, you need to start listening to me. So he continues to give me more and more and more until I finally stop for a minute, stop thinking about myself, and I start listening to him. Sometimes God uses delays to deepen faith, test motives, test motives, develop patience and endurance and better align our hearts with his will. So you might be thinking to yourself, I'm sure at least one person was like, well, purpose, Steve, well, what about the Great Commission? What's the Great Commission? Yeah, we all know it, right? You ever feel like that's a task? I like asking really hard questions. Sometimes it does feel like a task. So is that our purpose? I think it's something that God wants us to do. But do you have to do it? Or do you get to do it? When you love your family, do you have the arduous task to give them a hug and kiss at the end of the night? Like, "Uh." (laughs) good night. (sniffs) Just watching TV, man. Or do we be like, oh man, is that, oh cool, we get to do devotional, we get to hang out with each other. Just a couple minutes before bed, we're just gonna talk the word of God for like a minute just for like a minute, give each other a hug and kiss, be grateful for each other. and Like that's something we really powerfully get to do. But are we doing that also with our our creator? Are we stepping into that kind of relationship with him? And I'm not saying this is a right or wrong thing, but it's just something I'm, I'm currently looking at in my life is like where am I not leaning on God? And every single day he shows me something new, which I'm really grateful for because, like I said before, I tend to get a little oblivious on things. But if you really look at if you if you take a look at the common theme of everything that we're talking about here it's really starts becoming clear because think about the person that came in and out of your life like I mentioned earlier that was just really fast a random smile a person who came into your life with a, at the precise moment when you're in a, almost in a breakdown and somebody send you an email a text you hear a message something pops into your mind something happens that is not by accident my friends it's god course correcting us from going into oblivion to coming back and zeroing back on him so we can actually start living that purpose that he wants us to live. When we're sitting in that place, things start shifting. And I believe that everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. I believe that everything is is God creating an opportunity even when a tragedy strikes. And I think that's one of the hardest ones I've had to deal with. If you guys guys weren't aware, um, we had a, a I had a funeral a few weeks, uh, about a month ago, and that young man's birthday today. I'm celebrating that young man. Two months ago, I feel like I haven't seen him in an eternity. But when I think about his birthday today, I'm like, man, I love that kid. And I'm going to celebrate his life, his impact. You want to talk about purpose? We need to stop sitting in our own life and start living the life that God wants us to live. That day I got closer to God in a way I wasn't quite sure the possibility was. I watched how a legacy was created at 21 years old. 21. I don't know about you guys, I'm like over twice his age. And I have a reminder that goes off on my phone that remind me of how deeply he loved. That's impact. Whether he knew it or not, that kid was living a purpose way beyond I could even think of until that day when we sat here, right in that spot. And this might be a lot, but that's the main reason. So sometimes we take a step back and we start hearing God's purpose for us and we want to put it off to another day, we start procrastinating a little bit. Any procrastinators in here? Just me? A couple? You can tell me later if you want. (laughs) We quit. We make statements like, um, you know, I'm not really equipped for that. That's not really my talent. I'm going to let somebody else deal with that. They can do it. That's fine. Well, <clears throat> how about we start asking him the questions? God, you know, how am I going to get this work done? He's going to say, I got you. I don't know how I'm going to get this done. I have no idea how I'm going to do this. I know. Here's the next step What do I do next? That's it. I'm scared. I'm here. In Hebrews 11:6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Are we doing it all the time, in every moment of our life? And you know, what are you doing? Are we gonna continue doing and looking on our own or are we gonna allow God to come in and be like, hey man, here's a new pair of glasses for you. Wait until you see the world through these. It's pretty cool. I am not an expert at all. I falter a couple times a day. (laughs) I have people in my life that constantly remind me how powerful God is. So, Here's an interesting thing about this slide. I have no idea why I put it in here. I was reviewing my slide yesterday, and I went, hmm, I don't remember putting it in there. I don't know why it's there, so I'm going to read it. So whoever it's for, awesome. Isaiah 40, 31, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they will, soar like wing, or they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be, not be faint. Whew. That's good stuff. Man, um, in Romans, whoop, are we here? Kind of. In Romans 15:13, it might be the next slide, but I don't want to skip ahead. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace as you trust in him. <clears throat> this is one of my favorite topics right here is Control. Worry, fear, being blinded to our purpose is that need to control where we're going. It's needing to control the outcome. It's that needing to be perfect. I can't take a step unless I know what step four is. I can't stay, no way I can take this step without knowing what that step is because I needed to be perfectly lined up with exactly what I, oh, what I want controlling it, and then not just controlling it, but being attached to what that is. I need to have the perfect sermon. I need to have all the slides lined up, and I gotta have the perfect verses, because if not, the message is never gonna come out. And then people are gonna look at me this way, and they're gonna be like, well, you know, that's a good, at least I got to read some scripture, that was kinda cool. And it gets so attached, Oh, there I am. Here I am talking about me again. I get so attached to what that outcome is. I get so nervous and so worried that I procrastinate putting the sermon together until Tuesday because I'm worried about what people are going to say and think instead of being with that one person that needed to hear that one verse or that one word or that one look. I got so focused and self-absorbed on myself. I was worried about being wrong than actually stepping into God's word and allowing his righteousness and his word to speak through me as a messenger. Control. I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge for you to take a look at what you're looking to control in your life and surrender it and wake up each day and surrender yourself to God. Be like, God, you know what? I'm tired of controlling everything. Lead me, guide me, and direct me on the very next step I need to take at this very moment and then ask, what is my purpose today? Not for my entire life. Sometimes it's just too big. You know, we got going into college. Man, I don't know what that's like. I had two semesters. Talk to your mom and dad about that. (laughs) We're planning all this stuff out. We're looking to control it so much. Well, what happens if we just, if we, if we, excuse me, continued to move forward as we were stepping forward, we allow God to control what that outcome is because you know what? He already is. It's when we fight against it, it just gets further and further away. We're going to end up there anyways, but why fight it? Just stop for a moment and be like, man, I could use some help right here. I don't know where you want me to go. And release him to control and ask him what your purpose is today because I'm just going to be honest with you guys. If we start taking a look at these in in a deeper and more powerful way, we look in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the whole thing about the Great Commission and, and serving people and everything about the Bible, if you really start being in it, it's about serving each other relentlessly and ruthlessly and, and unreasonably serving each other in a way that we don't even think about. I can look through this congregation right now and read eyes and read faces because I, I kind of I have to learn that kind of stuff from what I do. And I can tell you right now, some of us out here, including myself, are being really challenged right now. That we need to know what this is going to be like tomorrow. I need to know what next week is going to be like. I need to know if my job is going to still be there. Is the world going to be there? Are the outside forces that are moving our morals, ethics, and values are they going to infiltrate my own life, my kids' lives, my husbands and my wives, and my aunts, and my uncles, and my nieces and nephews? Is that, is that going to happen, Whew, man? Speaking that, no joke, my heart rate increased. Oh, well, you know what? There's something bigger happening here. Something we don't see. We might have an inclination, but something's going on. There's there's a rising happening. I'm speaking to more people right now saying, How do I get the word of God in here? How do I get the word of God in here? How do I bring Christ into work? You see that, my friends, that's a purpose. When you feel the love of God come into your life, don't you wanna share it? It might not be the day where you open up scripture and you say, you know, I realize that you're going for this money, but if you read Ecclesiastes, it's gonna tell you that riches are meaningless. And you're gonna make that person wrong and they're gonna turn away from God too. But imagine if you did, what, what, and I, I use my family as a lot of examples, <laughs> and I, I told it in, in class today and I said, it was when Marie said to Kendall, she says, there's something different about you. And it, that, her question changed the way I saw things. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. you could just, you just step into what God wants you to be, that loving, caring, giving, serving person, not because you have to, but because you get to, and that, my friends, I believe is what our purpose is. But what I say means nothing. You guys hung out with it. So what's your purpose? I'm gonna give you a really kind of a cool example. Um, Ty, where's Tyler? Hey, can you go around and collect those prayers up for me? I was watching out earlier, and it was really amazing why, I, 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 kids are, are incredible. Like how many of y'all adults would have come up here and sung the children's story, done all that kind of stuff? If right, no, absolutely not. They come up here and they sing, they dance, they're having a good old time and, cause, because they don't have the stories of judgment in, our, in their mind yet. We haven't given it to them. Yep. But we do. We got lots of it. I don't want to look bad. What happens if I dance weird? <laughs> and then I watch Lionel. He was walking around, and he walks up to James, and I was like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. And he, he, was, he handed him a crayon, and that was it. He just handed him a crayon. And then he walks over to Ashley, and he hands Ashley a crayon. and he walks over to Amelia, and he hands Amelia a crayon. And I was like, wow, what a perfect example of God's love. Amen. He's just giving to give. He didn't ask for a thank you, or uh, he didn't go... <clears throat> You know it's polite to say thank you. He didn't say any of that kind of stuff. He just did it because that's what he decided to do. Imagine if we did that—serving to serve, give to give. So here's what we're going to do: the boys are gathering these, these prayers that you guys put together, and they're going to be in, in either what was a lot of them. There might be even two baskets. There can be two baskets in the back, and what I'd like to encourage you to do is to pick one up on the way out or two or three or whatever God or your heart tells you to do and pray for the prayer that's there. We're a praying church. We need to get back to the roots of what God wants us to do and create that relationship and step into the world of him. Step out of the world that's happening around us and walk into the God giving everything that he's given us. He's given us the tools. He's given us the the words. He's given us the feelings and the emotions and the heart And when we step into that, my friends, that's what I believe right there is our purpose. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day, for blessing us so richly, Lord. Thank you for having us to look, really look at what you want us to do, Lord, and to lean on you, lean on your understanding, not on our own. Please guide us and direct us as we go throughout this day, Lord. Be with us, keep us safe. Give us the courage to make the bold decisions, Lord, the the knowledge to speak the words you want us to speak and to the boldness to step into the person you want us to be. Let us hear your words and gather strength. In Jesus' name, amen.